0: Support for starting small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code Small at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code Small at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Elena Correz, co-founder of Correz natural Greek skincare and beauty products inspired by homeopathic remedies and formulated using innovative technology. First starting as a pharmacy, the effective formulations that Lena and her co-founder created quickly began to attract demand, leading them to create Corez as it is today. Hello, and welcome to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Lena Corez of Corez. Lena, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, Cameron. I, I, I love the opportunity. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: Of course. So, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. So, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
1: Oh my God. I've never been asked this question, really. Nobody starts that, you know, way back. Yeah. Uh, well, I, have, I had a, an amazing childhood growing up in, uh, in Athens, Greece and, uh, you know, it was, we have those big Greek families and it's like uh, our extended family, uh, grandmothers, grandmothers, everybody involved. So, you get to have this, you know, bigger circle of love. And it for us, you know, it was all about when does the summer begin? When does the school end, you know? When do I begin, you know, counting? So I went to the beach and the ice creams i the meeting. So really happy memories.
0: Amazing. Uh, <laughs> growing up, would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset, say like lemonade stands or Sony products?
1: Oh my God, no, I don't think so. No doing it later, I wouldn't, you know,
0: (laughs) no. Yeah. So, for your education, uh, where did you end up going to school then and what did you study?
1: Okay, my education is something that, uh, you know, now if you ask me who I am really, what I studied is a big part of me. I studied chemical engineering and Mm -hmm. back day, you know, engineering was number one not for girls and number two really you don't know you know what you would be doing after the school but it kind of you know it it spoke to me because I was a very problem solving and analytical thinker and uh, you know my teachers and professors and everybody said you know you you should go to engineering schools so I picked chemical engineering because I thought okay I love chemistry and maybe I can make things you know maybe that an opportunity to learn how to, to do things that you like, and uh, it, it is much more than this. Like now, uh, I feel I am this Greek soul in a way that you know I feel this country living and breathing inside me. It's like a very strong connection I have to my homeland. Mm-hmm. I definitely. An engineer mind, I'm very analytical, very you know, also like this approach, this engineering approach to thinking. I am an entrepreneur at heart, I love doing things our own way, and I and I love you know, creating something new for the consumers through our brand.
0: Mm, definitely. Uh, so where did you study in Greece then?
1: I um, studied <coughs> in the University of Patra, this is one city, okay. It's one of the big cities in Greece, and I chose that because they had the, the strongest research program in the country. And indeed, like we had to go through rigorous mathematic training because you were you were able to do research and stuff like that, and it was fascinating.
0: Yeah, with your time there, were you involved with any athletics or clubs?
1: Oof. Yeah, I was actually a very good sprint runner, and. Uh, nice. You know, yeah, I'm that person that, you know, for 100 meters, I'm, like, really fast. 110 meters, I drop dead. <laughs> it's, like, i <I'm laughs> And now I have uh, shifted that, uh, you know, uh, energy into weightlifting. I'm a passionate weightlifter. I'm doing heavy weights for many years. And my trainer is telling me that those two connect, because you have those explosive, like, muscle fibers in your body, which make you either run very fast, or concentrate your energy into lifting, you know, weights, so,
0: yeah. yeah. So, I read a little bit that Correz uh, was your first, quote, full-time job. Uh, leading up to Correz and following school, what kind of job opportunities were you working? Was there any part-time or internships at this time? Uh,
1: you don't want to know. That's that's a big, that's a secret. Yeah, well, as we were, <laughs> we were all working, so. You know, one of the, I am I'm actually very much like I'm still, DJing for my friends. I love music. I love partying. I love you know all that stuff. <laughs> together at home with food and music and dancing. So I've done you know a little bit of DJing in my early days, a mm-hmm. bit of actually So anything that had to do with you know being outside with a crowd and having a good time. I yes. was always good at it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Amazing. So, Kerez comes in the 1990s. Uh, you and your co-founder, uh, um how did you end up meeting him?
1: Oh, I ended up meeting him through a, through a job ad, apparently. So, you know, I was interviewing, I was fresh out of the university engineering schools and you know you have a lot of options ahead of you as an engineer you can go into research you can go into lab jobs you can go into marketing you can go into doing business and uh, you have to discover yourself a little bit and you know where do you see yourself being happier and more more efficient really so i i decided early on i don't want to be only you know in a lab because i want to be you know able to Relate to people and do something with a product that we're. I'm creating. So I found this ad in a pharmacy. It was in a in Athens' oldest homeopathic and herbal pharmacy. So the place itself was very fascinating, and mm-hmm. I. Went to pharmacy and this is where I meet George for an interview, and I fell in love with you know the energy there. Uh, like customers were coming in, and they were like friends. They were, you know, they, they, they came in and they were kind. They had the attitude that, you know, people there will, will solve all of their prog- problems really and, and, you know, suggesting products and stuff like that. And, and they were creating a lot of product in the pharmacy. So mm. a lot of handmade products, pub made things that you put in the refrigerator because they're preservative free and every kinds of oils, vitamins, tinctures, everything. So I loved yeah. it. Because I felt, okay, this is, a lab, but it's also business and I did that. So that's where I started, you know, I, I said, I'm going to start here. And this was even before the company was founded. So we were only having the pharmacy. And mm-hmm. late. You no, know, I, I was lucky to be part of the team that founded the company, yeah. like from its first day. So that's how that's, it started.
0: That's amazing. So you see this job posting. Uh, What were some of your first roles when you joined the pharmacy?
1: Everything from being in the lab, from making product to like talking to actual customers to, and then the weirdest thing happened that uh, we we were getting so many calls from other pharmacies. Like in in Europe, we have this amazing pharmacy model. It's not like a CVS or or a Duane Reade, what you guys have here. It's boutique stores. You have Mm. the pharmacy. Being almost like your doctor, they will advise you on everything. And you have this trust relationship, and you go there for advice more than you go for product. And they have an amazing curating curated assortment of really great products to suggest. So uh, we had, in our own pharmacy, people were coming from all over Athens because we were this destination for natural ingredients and natural products and natural remedies. And when they went back to their home, to their neighborhood, they were searching whether they could find you know our products maybe somewhere that is closer to them in the neighborhood farm and they were not able but Mm. because you know there were so many people asking around for the product we started getting calls from other pharmacies and that led to kind of you know so me in the pharmacy i was the first person to start you know that wholesale mindset and i was going back in the pharmacy and saying guys listen everybody's looking for the product in different neighborhoods why don't we you know partner with those people why don't we sell them our product because nobody you know don't have to expect people to drive for one hour to go downtown Athens where we were located to not easily find the parking we want to be close to where they are so I job I was talking to the customers and then I was like oh this can be bigger let's start you know a relationship with other pharmacies so we can have a wider distribution.
0: Hmm. So is this the point that you turned Corez into a fully run direct to consumer business? And at the same time, were you guys formulating uh, your skincare remedies at this time?
1: Yeah, So you're exactly right. Yes, so we were formulating our, our skincare remedies. Actually, before we formulated our skincare remedies, before we went into this beauty uh, business, all we were doing were all oral remedies. So, and that's what I think makes our brand very unique. That we know those natural ingredients inside out. For every ingredient, I can tell you how it works in your body if you take it orally, and then how how it works on your skin. You put it as a beauty remedy. So yes, we were producing all of that, and we were, you know, really using this deep knowledge and respect of natural ingredients. And hmm. uh, because of this, you know wider relationship with other pharmacies, we realized, okay, this can be a business that is bigger than just one store. And mm-hmm. that founded the brand and we founded actually the wholesale operation of the mm-hmm. brand. That was back in 1996.
0: Amazing. So talking about expansion, where did you guys first expand from your first initial pharmacy? Did you go online, direct to consumer, uh, retail, et cetera?
1: Okay, that's that's an amazing question, and that's one of my favorite stories. You are, <laughs> young, like back in the day. Not only there were not many online businesses, we did not even have email, if you if you can believe it. it was still you know, <laughs> I don't know the stone era where we had fax to communicate with people that were away from us. So mm. what happened is that very early. In, our, in the beginning of our brand and while we were expanding our, our business in Greece. And that was happening like in an expedited you know, way because word of mouth worked wonders for us and everybody loved the product. And so this start, this start becoming much bigger than we expected. And mm-hmm. then we we're only a two-year-old company, really a baby brand. We had people from abroad asking, about the product and our first uh adventure our first you know export activity outside our home country was actually the u.s which is in mm. so, well, such a an overwhelming and big market and it yeah. happened you know there was this uh, uh distributor and lover of everything european and he he was based in New York and he was on holiday in peace. And he discovered our products on the island of Crete in a small pharmacy. And he sent us, like I was saying, a fax back in the day saying, I really love your products. How can I meet you guys? How can I bring it to the US? So before you know we had any idea what we were doing as a business, we found ourselves exporting in the US market.
0: Wow. <laughs> so Detailed product-wise, what product offerings were you expanding to the U.S. with or was that your full product line that you would actually ship globally?
1: Well, we had a very small global product line, nothing like Mm -hmm. what now. I mean, right now, this is a lifestyle brand and I'm like, I can proudly share with you that in Greece, in our homeland, there is no family that raises children or or kind of take care of their family without our product. Either it be, you know, skincare or our shower gels or hair care products or supplements or anything. We have a huge assortment. But back Mm -hmm. in the day, heritage products are skincare products. So it was like just a handful of skincare items like our wild rose franchise was our first franchise and it was what we started from out of our own pharmacy. And then very soon, we added our Greek yogurt line because it's such a huge tradition for us back home and they greeted it in something that we all, you know, know it's so beneficial for our skin and for our diet. So mm-hmm. those heritage skincare items was what started the business for us.
0: I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around Lena's entrepreneurial journey. I'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, American Trench. Offering clothing for both summer and winter, American Trench has something for everyone. I received a package, and I must say that the quality of both the socks, the hats, the pants, etc. is amazing. I highly recommend American Trench to anyone who's traveling, looking stylish, and comfortable at the same time. Please take a look for yourself at americantrench.com. That's americantrench.com, and enjoy the rest of the episode. To the listeners out there, uh, mainly U.S.-based on our podcast, I'm, I'm curious, where were you sourcing ingredients, and where do you source ingredients? Is this all in Greece? well not everything because you know our our business is not you know it in in greece
1: is a paradise of ingredients and a paradise of biodiversity so some of the powerful ingredients of the planet live in our homeland because of the variety of the landscape because of the amazing climate because of the quality of the soil because of this of the abundant sunshine that we get throughout the year so because of many different factors we do have I would say the most powerful ingredients on the planet so those ingredients are definitely you know what we are after and what we study through our primary research programs and up to the day we have been able to introduce to the global inky directory so to the global directory of ingredients seven totally new ingredients that have our name that mm. were never before and we discovered them through research around our country. But this is not only that, I mean, every, every place on the globe has some amazing ingredients. So we, we, we want to combine those treasures that come from our country with other beautiful and powerful ingredients that we know exist in other places.
0: Definitely. Uh, you mentioned word of mouth being a major part of spreading the word for your brand early years. I'm curious. What were some of the main marketing strategies in the 1990s, given that uh, online wasn't huge back in the day?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, of course, when you're starting and you're small, like we're talking today, you don't have a lot of money to spend. So you have that you make a lot of noise with a little money that you have to spend and that your message is loud enough, you know, to create some interest. Uh, So, I would tell you two of our first campaigns that i mean up to now and in markets where we start i'm always trying to find that entrepreneurship and doing things differently because this is only the only way you can win when you're really small mm. so the first print ad that we were able to ever make did not go into one of those you know uh, big magazine type beauty titles like Vogue or an allure or like a, a, a Harpers Bazaar, like because those titles were big already in the day. But print ad was the main way to advertise. Uh, there was there was no social, no you know digital activation, nothing like that. So mm-hmm. we created our first print ad. Our logo on the page was really small. So you had that sense of discovery about the brand. It was not we were not known and we took the bold decision to not shout about our logo, but just give a prominent place to our product and let people discover about our brand. And we did our first print ad in National Geographic, which is wow. crazy to think about it. It's not where your consumer sits, but it yeah. made for the brand. So people really turned heads and said, Who are those people and why are they advertising here? They are telling us a story. And then we went out and we did a fantastic billboard campaign. So outdoors, you know, big billboards Mm -hmm. and SunCare campaign. And it was all about, we had a fantastic ingredient that was coming actually from Orange. And because the message with SunCare is total protection. What you need from SunCare is total protection. So Mm -hmm. with billboard campaign where you had spacemen, Like astronauts, they were—they had the full uniform, which means total protection—and they were on planets that were oranges. So it was a crazy campaign about, you know, all you need for full protection is this orange extract. And I think pretty about it and uh, made a difference back in the day.
0: Definitely. So. I'm curious about that campaign. You, you mentioned full protection, uh, was that full protection from sun, um, exactly. et cetera?
1: I mean, right now, we're talking about, you know, the IR and the UV protection and even, you know, photosensitivity and all those, you know, uh, rays in the spectrum of the sun. So people want to hear about full protection. And you're wondering, yeah. also UVA, is it only Is it's also IR, is it everything? So, how do you give that, you know, in a very animated way? And that was our way of telling that's total protection because you you wear this crazy uniform. You're using the product and it is like you're wearing this uniform that will protect you from everything.
0: Yeah. Given the results from that campaign then, how did you track ROI? And did you notice a huge spike in sales after launching that first campaign?
1: Totally, very easy to track ROI and sales, because when you're small, you know, ROI means number one, what does it do to brand awareness? Like, are, are people going in a store and asking for a product? Because mm-hmm. that's what's doing, right? When you're driving brand awareness, and at the same time, are they asking for the specific product? They, I mean, the brand was not known, so it's not like people were already going in the store and asking for a specific product. It was about, you know, like, whoever comes in and saw that billboard was talking about it. So it was very tracked down, you know, the number of people and it worked amazing for us. I will confess to you something that I don't share often. <laughs> there was a little bit of another guerrilla marketing that we did and it was like, I was living in Athens and the brand, you know, was born in Athens and we were all in Athens, our, our pharmacy was there, but there were other places in Greece, like smaller cities, And I had one of my best friends living in one of those cities. So I told her, listen, you need to create some buzz around us. So she started going around in pharmacy and saying, guys, do you have Chorus? They were saying, no, what is this? And she was saying, what? You don't know Chorus? Well, they are the big name now in Athens and everybody's talking about them and you need to have them. So, you know, when you are in a smaller city where people want to do what happens in the, you know, in the metropolitan city, so she that buzz for us to open some new customers and new relationships outside of our, of Athens, really. Wow! So anything and everything to get you know get people you know hear about your brand.
0: Definitely. Given the main forms of marketing from your early days and up to today, what would you say is the main demographic of Cores?
1: Well, I can tell you that the main demographic will I, I will I don't want to define them by classic demographic terms, because that's not how it works for us. And, yeah. and even say that's like we have people in the spectrum of, you know, a Gen D and we have people that are their mothers, and we have everybody in between. And that's happening because I think, for our brand, it's more about belief, and attitude. And you know, that mindset of people want, wanting a natural product, being really, you know, a um, Conscious about the choice they make, believing in clean beauty, believing believing also about believing in 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 a, in a in a model that kind of minimizes waste and gives back to the community, gives back to the planet, and that's what we are doing as a brand. We offer a product that is clean, has a lot of science because we are all scientists behind the product, and we formulate in house, and we have full ownership of of that process, mm. but. Important for us to, to, to give back to the planet and to the community. So, those are the people that would buy our products. And mm-hmm. it's those people that, you know, they're conscious, they're well-traveled, they're a little bit more educated, they care about, you know, what is behind the product and all, and all that. That's what I see coming Definitely. back again and again.
0: Amazing. Looking at Kerez today, uh, what would you say separates your brand from competitors then?
1: I would say uh, that we have been doing clean beauty for 25 years and believe me, it is not easy and it's not always the most costly model. And sometimes, you know, like now people are cons- like they, they, they are cautious about, you know, uh, words like sustainability and, and they have every right to be because we've, we are overusing those terms. And at the end of the day, you don't know what it means. For us, it took 25 years to build a really sustainable model. We call it full circle. And it starts from our network of farmers. They cultivate those precious ingredients from us. We, are, we provide them with a guaranteed income, you know, regardless of if, is it a good year, do we have a good harvest, or do we not? We will have a contractual agreement with those people, and we will guarantee our income. We get the best income from them. We do the extraction in-house in our own facilities. We formulate in-house with my with my team, my my formulators. And we produce in-house and we recycle we design our packaging in a way that they are recyclable. And then we have even a recycle lab in our facility, and we have a huge program where people can send their empties and they don't even have to be chorus products, send us back anything, and we recycle for them. Because sometimes Like you see, you you don't know if what you put in the recycling bin, does it really go into a recycling You know, Does it really happen? We do it in-house and we gift back some beautiful art objects produced from that recycling lab just to tell you this is what we did with the material and this is a nice token of appreciation for you to remember to participate in those programs like every day. So Hmm. that full circle process, I think, is a pretty unique universe and it took a lot of years, a lot of investment, a lot of knowledge. We had to acquire know-how, the partnerships and the networks and all of that to make it reality. And yeah. I think it's a beautiful platform for the consumers to, you know, to be part of. Consumers want to do nice things. They want to participate in something good, but you don't always know how. So yeah. I think it creates us. I want to invite people in to be part that process. And because we do it A to Z, I'm here to tell you everything. What is in those products? We own the formula. I know the names of the farmers that cultivate those ingredients. And you can be part of that process with us. I think that's what really sets us
0: apart. Mm, Definitely. That's amazing. I'm sure this has shifted from the early days, but what would you say is the ratio of distribution between your online sales, maybe your retail, in-house, pharmacy, et cetera. What is the ratio? Uh,
1: the ratio, that's an interesting question because I'm thinking now locally and globally, and you know like
0: very true.
1: markets that increase, we are not very penetrated in in uh, in the online sales yet, while the US you know is so strong in online sales. So uh, it's hard for me to pin a number, but I would say yeah. that uh, sales that happen offline, I would say somewhere between 50-50 now, not being exactly the same number in every location, in every country. But if mm-hmm. I put it together, that's where it is right now. Um, I believe really that uh, online is is an amazing channel. I myself, I'm not like 20 years old, but I buy everything. I'm crazy yeah. about it shopping, there is so much flexibility and you can think in your own time and and ever, and all of that convenience and now, like in January, we're opening a store in, in New York and how I feel about stores and offline sales right now it's all about the experience it's all about the education it's all about, you know, the personal touch and that's what I want to do with our stores. I want to have events and activation every day. Mm. If you want want to really be part of like what the things I'm saying right now I will have a small recycle lab in the back room of our store so you can be invited to recycle with us and to participate in a workshop I want to invite our farmers there to meet with you I want to invite our formulator to talk to you about the product so that's what an offline experience means to me Mm, definitely very important. It's all about convenience, but it's also about the experience. So I think this is what we have to think about, you know, to kind of, you know, make a perfect model that combines those two.
0: For sure. So I'm not sure if you can depict this, but with Caress today, what would you say is like your top seller sales wise?
1: Again, you know, I have to think locally and globally, uh, US, our biggest seller is our Greek yogurt forming cleanser. And I'm very excited about that for two reasons. Because it is a technology that we own globally as a brand. Like many years ago, we came up with this crazy idea. Okay, I mean, yogurt is this fantastic ingredient. And it's a remedy for us back home and we eat it every day. And we have this amazing memory, like if you have a sunburn as a child, what your grandmother would do, they will take yogurt from the refrigerator and she will put it on your skin and it will mm. take all the stress away and overnight your skin heals. So we came up with this crazy idea to create products with real edible Greek yogurt. And that was a nightmare in the lab. It was three years of formulation nightmare until we were able to really, you know, work with those live bacteria and create a stable formula. So that formula has amazing benefits for me. Mm -hmm. And parallel for stressed skin, sensitive skin, like very deep hydration, like skin transforming benefits. So I'm happy that people, you know, recognize this and, and they go for this product also because cleansing is very important. So if I can, You know, if we can be a brand that, you know, is part of their everyday routine and every age, like we were saying earlier, everybody needs a cleanser. It doesn't matter if you're 20 or 50 or 60 or like, you do need a cleanser. And this is the Mm -hmm. step, step one to healthy skin. So I'm happy to have a product out there that can be part of everybody's routine.
0: Definitely. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, uh, maybe something you've learned or regret, what would that be?
1: Oh my God. Okay. I (laughs) would say two things. Um, Number one would be, you know, in the beginning, you kind of, you have to sell your dream and your vision and to attract people to join you on that vision. You really have to know what you are about uh, you know, you have to know why you're creating your brand. What is what? What are you trying to achieve? What is the gap that you want to fill out there? What are you dreaming to give the consumers that doesn't exist out there? For us, back in the day, all natural products—believe me—they were really bad. They were very simplistic. They were smelling bad. They were looking boring. They were all brown. It was so. We said, why would you have to compromise such? so big you know to use a natural product so we said we want to create amazing natural products that are very scientific and they have all this clinical efficacy and they smell and look good and they make you feel happy that was our dream so you need to have a dream for people to come with you to join you and that will be what you know will keep you optimistic and kind of keep you going in the difficult days that Mm -hmm. would be number one kind of advice but also I want to say the following it's a beautiful journey you will get to meet so many people that you would not meet otherwise you get to form your culture as a brand and as a a family and you get to grow together with people that you love and you share the same you know that's an amazing journey I feel now that I have lived five professional lives not one because of you know, of this vast experience and of this vast, you know, exposure to people and to different things that you have to learn and achieve. And that mm-hmm. is a gift. So don't forget that, you know, even when things are hard, it's going to be an amazing journey.
0: Definitely. Well, Lena, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out carez at com. Thank you so much,
1: Cameron. It was really enjoyable. I love this discussion and thank you everyone for listening to us and I hope you guys enjoy our product.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.